You're listening to Summer in the Psalms, a podcast hosted through Coramdale College, the college-age ministry of Coramdale Bible Church in Davenport, Iowa. This podcast is meant to be supplemental to our weekly Bible studies, as well as our community hangouts happening throughout the summer. So if you want any information on that, or you'd like to get involved, feel free to head on over to our website, coramdalebible.church slash college. There you'll find all the details for our summer events and Bible studies, as well as a way to get connected. We hope to see you in person soon, but for now, let's dive into what the Lord has for us in the Psalms. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Summer in the Psalms. Uh, This is episode eight. I don't even know why I'm getting to that. I should start with, uh, I'm your co-host, Cody Rogers. And I'm Regan Erickson. And today, again, we get to bring on my wife, Hannah. Hi, everyone. And it, um, well, it's been a crazy week here at the church. So uh, I will, I have a few caveats to to go over today. One, um, it's been high five week for the staff here and, and pretty much what half the church that's volunteering in order to pull this <laughs> off, but that it's our kids day camp. So, um, just a lot of stuff going on. We're actually recording in a different spot at the church than we normally do. And, uh, we've much of the staff has been up more often and, uh, longer hours and things like that. So I'm saying that as an excuse that if, it, if, uh, if I sound tired, it's because I am tired. He also looks really tired. He does. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> the second caveat uh, has to do with what we're talking about over the last several weeks and especially this week and coming up. And I just want to say that uh, we're not claiming to be theologians on this podcast. We're not claiming to have had the answers. We're not even claiming to teach this. What we're claiming is to discuss it. So mm-hmm. we're just going to, we're asking questions and discussing what we think, what we feel. We may be wrong. There might be things that we say that is our current understanding of something that, that might change even after this is recorded. So I uh, just know this is more about discussion than it is about l- learning in the sense of like from a, a, a specific teacher. Um, and I say that just because of, of the things that we are discussing today, um, some of the potential topics we'll have to walk a, a fine line on. Yeah. yeah? You agree oh, with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Today is, it, it's going to be an interesting conversation just because it's, it's a really hard topic to come to a conclusion on and there's really no clear cut conclusion for yeah. most of these. Yeah. And you can see by the title of the podcast, what we're talking about. Uh, but first I did want to say, um, we are beginning to plan what the next year will look like for the college ministry beginning to discuss what it looks like to meet again on Thursdays and also planning through a new series. Um, We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, first half of it, chapters 1 through 12, and we're going to be meeting again starting sometime in August. Those are the pretty much the only things I know at this point. Am I missing anything, Hannah Regent? Nope, not that I know. The podcast will continue, right? Yes. haven't fully landed on what it will be on. Yeah, the podcast will continue, um, and no, there's not a set thing on what it's on yet. I, I actually sort of like that. I want it to be a little free at the yeah, moment. So I agree. I reserve the right for it to be sometimes about Luke and the things we're not covering and other times for it to be about random theology. And and now that we're in the rhythm of a podcast, there are things that happen in our country and in the world. You know, It would have been nice to have had a podcast like this when the riots started happening in Minneapolis yeah. that we could have had a discussion. 
and and lots of other stuff. You know, at this point, I'm sure many of you are tired of hearing about it, but it would have been cool in the moment to have a place you yeah. could go to sort of talk and listen. But anyway, that's what we're looking at camping trip this weekend, which will uh, be happening pretty much the night this is released because this is going out on Friday. And besides that, we are uh, we've got one more event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the River wow. Bandits game. Yeah. Is that right? One more event in a couple Saturdays from Summer's now. Summer's gone fast. Yeah, it's flying by. It's been a long summer. Well, it's been filled with many events. Honestly, yeah. it's felt really short. <laughs> yeah, but, I was going to say, this summer's But it's been a, a big summer, maybe, is, yeah. is how I mean yeah, to say Yeah, that's a good it, way. So. I like that. Okay, let's uh, dive into it. As always, Regent's got a list of questions. He's coming with some some thoughts of things that would be good for us to discuss. So, what are we what are we doing today? What questions do we have? Uh, we're diving in to as the, so the overall question is how do we handle the quote theological conundrums unquote in Psalms? And so, I want to be really clear that I'm not saying that there are theological issues in Psalms or like Psalms is saying something theologically wrong, but as you read through Psalms, you're going to find some text that is really hard just to understand, to read, you might have questions, and we're going to try and talk about those and give some pointers and some ideas of ways you could approach them and answering that. And so I, I kind of see that answering two overall questions underneath that one. And first one is about curses in the Psalms. So the question is, are curses in the Psalms okay? Let's just give one word answer. <laughs> one word Yes. Yes. Yes, I would agree. Because they're scripture. But before <laughs> we're, we're, caveat. <laughs> let, but let's we'll talk about it. But first, let's just lay some um, background into what we're talking about here with curses in the Psalms. And often they're attached with this title of being imprecatory Psalms. If you remember, we talked about like uh, Psalms of lament, Psalms of praise a few weeks ago. This is another one of those labels that can be put on a Psalm to help describe what it contains. So what is an imprecatory psalm? Um, essentially, it's a psalm that um, uses curses um, that invokes mis- misfortune upon someone, specifically the enemies of God. Mm-hmm. Often the psalmist is asking God to judge in some way on an enemy that he is experiencing in the moment or talking about in the moment with the psalm. There's quite a few of them, too. Um, like just throw some Psalms out there. There's like 10, Psalm 35, um, Psalm 69 is actually a messianic Psalm and also an imprecatory Psalm. Um, and like Psalm 137, in my opinion, is one of the hardest Psalms to, or one of the more, most violent Psalms that's imprecatory in nature. That's 137 you said? Yep. Yep. And we'll probably, I, I have plans on talking about that one as well. Okay. Right, so we'll, so we'll actually read a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 touch on a couple of the of the imprecatory psalms, so you can hear what it sounds like, um, and kind of feel the uncomfortable nature of of them. Mm. We're gonna try and interact with them a little bit. Anything else to add to like the background of imprecatory psalms? Any other thoughts there? It's a word we don't use very no. often unless you studied the Bible, right? I. I'm sure there's not very many professions out there in which the word imprecatory yeah. comes yeah. up. I don't even know if it's. Is it a word that's exclusively used in like Christianity? You know, or... I've never seen it outside of it. I mean, at least nowadays, it's got to be pretty close, right? Yeah. That's why we'll probably refer to it most of the time as curses, mm-hmm. as like a general term to include all the texts that, that say to bring judgment down 
and to be clear, Psalms aren't the only one that has this in it. Like other yeah. other scripture has similar situations where the writer is calling on the Lord to judge in a sometimes hard mm-hmm. way or with a curse or something along those I th- lines. I think immediately the prophets. Yep. The prophets, yep. it happens a lot. Even against Israel itself, you see it sometimes where there's curses or woes being bestowed upon them for how they're acting. Yep. Hosea particularly reminds me of that. Just because there's this one there's this one verse in Hosea that says I will destroy your mother and it, it, I don't know why but you can look it up if you want guys but it, I don't know why that just stands out to me as a curse for the ages right there very interesting I did not know that one but okay so psalms that are calling on the Lord to curse before we dive into a specific psalm I just kind of want to talk about ideas and thoughts on approaching these psalms and ways that we could look at reading it just to be able to handle it well. So the question is, what are some thoughts on approaching the imprecatory or the curses in psalms when they when you come across them? I think you have to be really careful um, on your application of them. Obviously, it is the inspired word of God until you want to read it like you want to read the rest of scripture. We also have to understand the context of what was going on whenever they were writing these, that these were Psalms that were invoking curses upon physical people. Um, Often it was nations that were coming up against the people of God and that they were directly opposing the people of God. Um, And now in the New Testament talks about how our enemies are no longer, they're not flesh and blood, right? We don't have... um, at least here in America, we don't have people that are coming forcefully against the people of God in the way that they were when they were in war. So I was reading um, an article in the Gospel Coalition and talked about how we should guard against overemphasizing the place of these psalms in the Christian life. The church is not undertaking the conquest of Canaan. We're no longer trying to take land. We're no longer at war with nations, but our mission rather is to care for the souls um, as we take the gospel to all the nations and that we aim to expand and feed the flock, not to eradicate anything that isn't a sheep is the quote from that article. I think that's important for us as we approach it is to understand that our context is not the same as a context as um, the writers of the Psalms would have been in. Yeah, the as you're talking about that, that just makes me think like the, the fulfillment of the promise is no longer needing to be protected and kept through one particular line of, mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. or one promised people of God in the sense of an, a specific nation or race. Um, and so there, there, you know, there is no such thing as God's chosen race or nation in, in that sense. It's God's people and those and that defies all nations and people groups and Mm -hmm. so there there is no longer this um sense like in the old testament of the israelites are the chosen people that's who god is going to bless the nations through we we know on this side of the cross like that's where jesus is going to come from Mm -hmm. and there is definitely a sense of um that needed to be kept and protected that that was them against the world um but because of Christ, that has turned on its head. Mm-hmm. And there is no longer a need for protection of God's particular or specific uh, nation. And that it is now the church, which can go across any 
race or kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so that means that the mission is very much more to bring them to where they are no longer enemies of God rather than, you know, the focus is not on them being enemies of God's people, but Mm -hmm. they're an enemy of God if they don't have that salvation through Christ. And so, yeah, that makes me think of that way too, is that the emphasis on even what an enemy is, is completely different now. Um, And it's a tragedy to know that there's somebody that's an enemy of God because it is going to bring about their damnation Mm -hmm. rather than um, us just sitting here on our high horse being like, Mm -hmm. I'm saved because I'm God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I I totally agree. I think a question that somebody could be asking out of that, though, that is a good question is, do these, does these sections of the Psalms matter any more than... Yeah, I mean, I think they do, I think. But again, you have to be very hesitant on how you use them because we often um, misapply the word enemy. Mm-hmm. I've got to remember these writers are inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they're saying. And we, as believers, do have the Holy Spirit in us. Um, but I, I think that often when I think about an enemy, it's like some girl that talked behind my back, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, that's not the context of these Psalms. It's not people, it wasn't a personal desire for vengeance that these writers had. It was a desire for God's um, glory to be made known and for people that are opposed to him to have the righteous judgment of God and the wrath of God poured out on them. It wasn't just because their feelings were hurt or someone made their life a little more difficult. And so for most of us, we don't even understand what it even means to truly have an enemy. Yeah. So I think we have to be very careful again, that not that there's never a time or place for it, but I think for majority of us will never experience what it actually means to be up against a physical being that is completely, um, and like vehemently opposed to the purposes and plans of God. Yeah. And I think it's important too, because it lets us not forget some of the characteristics of the Lord himself Mm -hmm. that we tend to downplay in our, uh, especially in our culture now of uh, the Lord does take very serious who his enemies are and his righteousness and his holiness and um, those that belong to him and those that don't. And it's as much as yes, we need to emphasize the Lord's love um, far too often we like to give grace and love untethered from who the Lord actually is. Yeah. And, um, the Lord is a Lord that is just, he is, um, a God who has enemies, right? Enemies are, are those that, uh, do not know him. Um, the, you get what I mean on that, but all that to say, when I read them, it reminds me of a, of a characteristic of God that is mm-hmm. far too underplayed yeah. in, uh, our current culture, but that's definitely not underplayed in scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to summarize that, what, what we're saying here is that you're never going to come across an imprecatory Psalm where the writer is asking for personal vengeance, what, meaning like they're asking that I can go destroy this people, or I can go curse this people. They're always going to be calling on the Lord for his judgment and his just judgment to be enacted in whatever the situation is. I think that's such a good thing for us to look at in our own lives is that are we angry at the sinfulness and brokenness of the world, not at people themselves? I think often we're just mad at people, but are we actually grieving over the fact that people are um, 
are opposed to God and living in sinfulness and brokenness? And do I actually desire justice? Um, not as we often define it in our culture, but true biblical justice that comes only from God. Um, and are those actual desires of my heart? And do I weep over, um, yeah, just a sin around us? And I'd say for me too, when you do, um, and I can't make the blanket statement of you never or anything like that, but I'm just thinking through oftentimes when I read Psalms that involve personal enemies, those are strongly tied to themes of asking God to save me, right? Mm -hmm. Save me from my enemies, protect me from my enemies, mm -hmm. um, especially when it's a very personal enemy of, of, of that. And so I, I think that as well is oftentimes when we come across the, uh, what did you say, Hannah, the girl that talked behind your back yeah. Yeah. scenario? Um, uh, scripture does often model not a a curse upon them, but rather a cry out to help mm -hmm. to the Lord of, of help me in this right now. We're actually going to see that in Psalm 69 with David. It, it's actually a really cool, um, you just see several different aspects to all of that mm. and how it's handled. Any other thoughts? One of the things that I... I find interesting and this is kind of ties back to 69 as well is that the, the imprecatory psalms or the curses in the psalms aren't avoided um, they're talked about in the new testament you see it in romans um, paul talking about it and jesus quotes back into 69 and is you know interacting with psalms specifically talking about curses which is just like further evidence that these are scripture and these have a place in the bible mm. I would love to know just like the situations surrounding each of them precatory psalms. I know we can't, but I think like we don't have one for every single one of mm -hmm. the people that David and Israel were up against. Like thinking about David whenever Saul was going after him. And what we have are way more of the save me Lord from this. We don't have a bunch of David desiring wrath to be poured out upon Saul. Um, and so I think even like David and the other writers would have had a balance of, like they, they didn't pray an imprecatory psalm every single time that no. they were in a situation where they felt like their nation was being um, threatened or opposed. And yeah, so I don't, I don't have anything, I don't have any inf information about that, but I'd love to know just like when for them was it to the point of praying an imprecatory psalm? And when was it just praying for deliverance? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I, I came across some conversations John Piper was having about this, and he talks about being really slow to pray in precatory psalms just because, you know, to, to pray a curse on somebody would be, it's a really intense, it's a very serious thing. Like the when it's happening in, in Scripture, it's it's a pretty big deal because they're calling for God to judge and in his judgment, and that's just a really big deal. Yeah, a God that hopefully, sincerely, you believe exists and has the ability to do those things. Yeah. And for you to invoke that um, shows a lot about your true, true emotion in that moment. If you have a sincere belief of who the Lord is and what he can do, and you're asking him to do something like that, it's do it does speak a lot. Yeah. Maybe jumping ahead, don't hate me. But how do we balance this with the New Testament? It's like thinking, like we're saying that there might be a time and place for it that's not 100% um, ineffective or whatever, but then we have places like in Luke 6 where we're told to 
love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And Jesus on the cross doesn't pray an imprecatory psalm over those that are killing him. Instead, he's like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so how do we handle yeah. this being in Psalms versus what we are given as commandments in the New Testament? I think you asked a question that is really, really hard to answer. And um, I don't, I personally don't have a clear cut, black and white, cut and dry answer to that. Um, I think kind of like we talked about earlier, you have to ask the question, who is our enemy? And if you come to the conclusion that your enemy is the person sitting across the table from you, I, w- I would be curious to ask some more questions about the situation because like Hannah mentioned, our enemy is not of flesh and blood, but is of not of, it's like not of this world. And so to get to the point where you're saying that somebody needs to be judged by God, um, is almost saying that you're moving past saying that they can be saved. And we wouldn't say that there's a point in life where anybody can't be saved. Like until their, until their death, they, they can come to a, a faith in Jesus Christ and be saved. Um, so you have to be extremely careful in going to that level. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that now make that difficult yeah. to, to answer or to come up to the side of like, well, this is when for me, I'm thinking through, well, uh, now that we have the new Testament, there is a very specific time that I know is coming. That day is coming the day of the judgment in which all of God's enemies will be cast, uh, into the fire and they will, um, they will receive their punishment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that has become, uh, I would say more clear in the new Testament than it was in the old Testament. There's a specific day of judgment. We know Jesus will return. It says, what does it say? Uh, Is it a sword that'll come out of his mouth? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Like his robe dripping in blood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So aggressive. I mean, those, those things, especially when you think of scriptures like, you know, um, vengeance belongs to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So when I think of that script, those scriptures and the book of Revelation, it makes it even harder to think of a time when I would particularly pray judgment and and cursing upon an individual or a human. If I was going to put anything, I'd say I'm praying that against Satan. I'm praying Mm -hmm. that against the things that are not uh, a flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, as Mm -hmm. Hannah already mentioned, um, our enemies are not flesh and blood. So yeah, I mean, there are times when I am praying for, uh, God's judgment to come down upon the evil forces of yeah. this world yeah. and and the forces that are being used by evil. But that's more of a general, vague yeah. term than it is someone very specific. Yeah. And I, w- I was going to say, like, I, w- I would pray for, like, like, let's just use, like, a nation, for example, or an institution. Like, if they're sponsoring an evil yeah. act, I'm way more comfortable to pray for judgment in that respect than I am on an individual. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for your heart to be broken for things. I think of the terrorist organizations that have risen yeah. up over the, you know, many years, the, the different ones that have come and gone and, uh, how, yeah, scripture says we're going to be persecuted, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. and it, your heart doesn't wrench over seeing them behead mm-hmm. Christians. 
And um, there is definitely a sense in which I'm praying for the Lord to end that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I am fully and sincerely praying for the end of those days, um, not just out of revenge or vengeance, but also out of a mourning for uh, seeing God's saints being martyred. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's it's hard. And I, if, if you haven't picked it up here, the other thing I would add to in understanding and working with these is that it's going to take work. Like when you come across a curse in the Psalms and it's uncomfortable, it's going to take work um, and time to help to come to a more clear understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even say, you know, it you risk misunderstanding an aspect of the Lord or something if you don't take the time to at least sit in it a little bit longer. I know I've done this personally where I've read it, don't understand it, move past it. And then that just kind of leaves it like a seed of doubt or a seed of misunderstanding that just mm-hmm. kind of burns in the back of your, in your head. And that just, that can only cause issues later and down the line. Um, so it's hard, it's uncomfortable, but it's, I'd say it's good to struggle with these and it's good to work through them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> Preach. Yeah, and like that's why I like what Cody said that it is a reminder <clears throat> of the character of God that if if the Bible is like his specific revelation of himself, then these are a great place to go. But okay, what do we learn about God's justice and his wrath and what can we hope in for the final judgment knowing that our our man-made justice systems aren't perfect because mm-hmm. they're full of sinners, but knowing that everyone will get what they deserve. Um, in that last day. Um, and if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ and you'll get the full judgment and wrath of God in that moment. And these can remind us of that and we can hope for that and then hopefully be also more urgent to evangelize because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And back to my caveat, just to say it again at the very beginning, <clears throat> it is entirely possible that a pastor uh, who has spent time studying this uh, could sit in here with us and say, actually, here's the instances in which you should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not those, we, we are yeah. not those pastors, right? We're not those people. Nope. Um, and so I, I do want to say if let's say this podcast is a year old and you're listening to this, go ahead and look through the feed to see if there's an update. If something ever changes in our minds or hearts or more clarity comes, we'll talk about it and we'll post oh, yeah. about it. But yeah, I, I just want to emphasize that caveat that there might be more clarity to be had. And I'm yeah. sure there is. And, and I don't have it. And none of us yeah. have it we're in the discussion. Experts. Yeah. None no. of the discussion we're not having right close. now. Well, I, I love that you brought that up now because I'm about ready to transition into some specific Psalms. And I, I wanted to say that too, like we're going to be saying some things about these and coming to some conclusions or maybe some thoughts that, like Cody said, a year from now, we may change our mind on. We may be wrong on. We're discussing it, and I just just want that to be clear that we are, we're not holding this. We're not saying that this is. Yeah, that, we're going to be right. This is all just an initial, uh, slightly emotive response of like, well, I know this is true about scripture, and I know this is how I feel, and we're just trying to find the balance between mm-hmm. our experience and what we know about what God has revealed in His yeah. truth at mm-hmm. the moment. To, to us. Yeah. Perfect. So any other any other thoughts before I take us to a a psalm that is imprecatory or go for it. Okay. So um I I'm going to Psalm 137 here for the first um first one. This is a shorter psalm, only has nine verses, but as I, I mentioned earlier, I think it, it's it's got a very shocking verse. The last verse is extremely shocking. 
Um, and so I'm going to read verses eight and nine, the last two verses that in, contain the call for judgment that the psalmist writes. Um, and we're, we're going to provide some context. We actually have context to this psalm. Um, but no, I'm just here. I'm just going to go for it now um, and let you hear. Um, this is Psalm 137, verses 8 and 9. And it says, O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. Yikes. <laughs> and like, just to like be Yikes. open and clear, verse 9 says, blessed is he who takes your little ones, which is like would be their children, and dashing them against the rocks is killing them. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, there's no getting around it. That's nope. what it's asking yeah. for. And the, and it's praising God. It's saying blessed. For doing that, right? It's blessing his name, worshiping him for being the one that's going to do that. Yeah. Sit with that for a minute. Mm. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's hard. And that, it ends with that. It doesn't even like go in and try and bring resolution. Thoughts? Mm. Any, any initial thoughts? I've just, over the last couple of years, I have been reminded time and time again by people I highly respect that have poured into me that many a times we take scripture and we make it, uh, not that we shouldn't in some ways, but we make it very personal, very I-based, very me-based, very yeah. individual-based. And um, yes, we can boil it down to that in this. We're like, these are babies, right? These are people's babies we're talking about. And that's true, but in the mindset of, of where scripture came from, right? In the, in the mindset of not our Western culture, this also is more of an implication of like when you say takes their little ones and dashes them against the rocks, it means ending their future, mm -hmm. ending their future generations that are going to come. And so oftentimes it should definitely be read more as in a, a group sense of mm -hmm. like blessed is the one who's going to end your growth in future. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I need to remember that. And that helps me yeah. like be able to read these and know that like, David may not have been like blessed. Blessed is the baby killer, right? Yeah, and yeah. then he's much more like blessed is the one who's going to end the enemy's future. Yeah, and to provide some context because we have it for this one, like just to feel that like there's a reason the psalmist went to this level. Um, I think, um, and if we go to the beginning, the verse I'm not going to read them all, but in verse one it says that we're. we're they're by the waters of Babylon. Um, and in verse four, they ask the question of how shall we sing um, songs to the Lord in a foreign land? And so what we know is this is after Babylon has um, taken over Jerusalem. It's the fall of Jerusalem and they're taken away to Babylon right now. And the psalmist is in pain and mourning because what would have happened is Babylon would have sieged Jerusalem. And this is a very brutal painful um, experience. Um, when Babylon finally broke through the walls, there would have been women raped, there would have been children killed, lots of death, destruction. And then, mm. so in this case, the psalmist has lost his home. And on top of that, um, lost the, the temple, which means that that's the place where they went and spoke to the Lord. That's where they worshiped the Lord. So they not only lost their home, but they lost their place of worship where God's unique special presence was um, on top of that, they lost family and friends and potentially children. 
Um, and so like we're talking about an extremely traumatic event that they're reflecting on when they're coming to the Lord with this. Um, and like, like to the level, uh, somebody was writing where like, we don't have, we don't, in our culture here, we don't have an understanding of the level of death that they right. would have experienced because mm-hmm. we just, we've been blessed to not experience that. Our enemies are not this kind of enemy. No, like, yeah. like to, to provide some context, something that's getting close to the magnitude of what this is would have been something like the Holocaust, uh, which none of us alive today had personal experience with. Yeah. Um, People alive today experienced it. No one in this no, room. Personal, yeah. Le- or, yeah. Yeah, people are still alive that are survivors. Of the yeah, so actually, yeah. wait. Didn't the last survivor just die? Really? I think so. I think so. I th- anyway, oh. that it, may not be true. I feel like I did read that within the last year or two, the last survivor of the oh, Holocaust has actually passed, but I'm not sure. Oh, that's really sad. But yeah. it's it's still close. It's like within decent... De- Within memory, but like, if you're listening to this, you can you, shoot one of us a text and yeah. correct it. that Let lets us know, know you're listening to it. I, yeah, I would, good job. I would guess though that most of us haven't had a personal experience with that, mm-hmm. but that's that that just kind of gives some context to like the depth of what's going on here. Um, and and yet, I got what what stands out is in verse eight, it's not saying, you know, blessed is the person or blessed am I if I go and repay what has been done they're saying blessed is he who repays which is like just calling on for judgment to be done for this horrendous act that's happened and i think like if they were experiencing this at the exile they were also probably feeling the lord um like like will his covenant endure you know for it to have a king on the throne forever and now we're in exile like not only were they grieving the loss of these physical things but they were completely confused on what does this mean about the future of israel what does this mean about the future of god's covenant and we have the full story and we see god's Mm -hmm. faithfulness and we see him bring them back to jerusalem and we see christ come and um that lord is always faithful with his promises but i was thinking about the confusion that these um, Israelites would have been in as they not only saw everything um, they love physically fall apart um, and people die and all of this, but they also, like you said, lost the presence of the Lord in the temple mm-hmm. and they lost um, the sacred place that they were given and fought for so long to have. Um, and then, yeah, again, questioned and were wondering, what does this mean about God's covenants? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is all, this is all good. We're adding some context. We're like getting to the emotional depth, but just to not avoid it, like that still leaves open the question at why is verse nine in there? Um, and why is it said that way? Like now we can understand, okay, emotionally they would have experienced that and felt that, but that's still a really hard mm-hmm. text. And I think Cody, you did a good job, like starting to engage with it. And the fact that like, you know, ending, how, how did you put it? Like ending the their prosperity and future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, because that, that's what children are seen like as yeah. well in that culture too, is right. The blessing of inheritance and ongoing prosperity and a hope and a future is found in the inheritance you give your children and to have an heir and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to, to add on to that, one thing that um, I find really interesting with this, just because we talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about like some of the structures of Psalms, um, is there's actually parallelism. I, I, I believe in verses eight and nine here. Um, I didn't, I'll, I'll be completely open. I didn't find a plethora of, of um, sources that agreed with me on this. Mm. So like, yeah, just keeping that ca- caveat out there. I could Still be Still not experts. Yeah. But yeah. 
What? We should have a caveat button that I hit it and it reminds <laughs> people that I said that yeah. earlier. We're not experts. Yeah. Just a constant disclaimer. Yeah. Hey. For sure. Um, but it, this has been something that's been really like good for me to to look into with it. And so if, if we look at look again at verses eight, it starts off kind of providing a subject, daughter of Babylon, um, doomed to be destroyed. And then it moves into a statement and it says, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. It's calling on for judgment for the Lord to repay what has happened to them. And then in verse nine, it starts off again with blessed shall he be. And then it says, who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. What is very noticeable to me in that is that is an escalation. It's taken Mm -hmm. the statement in verse eight and escalating it. And if you remember when we talked about with parallelism, parallelism, what that means is usually the writer is either taking a statement and escalating it or taking a statement and then saying the opposite in the next line. Um, and so I, what I see here is some escalation um, mm-hmm. and is, is getting on this idea of like, like not, not, not just judgment, but like, this is, this is like an atrocity that's, that's mm-hmm. happened. And it's just like, not necessarily. So what I'm saying is like, the point here isn't the writer isn't trying to say, their, their children need to die, but he's just building on the fact that his judgment needs to come for what has happened to them. And specifically their children would have been killed when Babylon came and sieged mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Yeah, that's good. Um, just so you know, we are at 36 minutes already in the <laughs> podcast and uh, I, I feel like we've hit, uh, well, we've only hit one yeah. Psalm of imprecatory Psalms. I think we've we've talked about the tension quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think we'll have time to head into what our second part of the topic was going to be, um, which is theological conundrums. Right? Mm-hmm. Sort of what we were going to hit is that well, prayer and God's sovereignty. Yeah, prayer, yeah. prayer with God when with a sovereign yeah. God. So what I want to do is I I don't want to negate all the sort of behind the scenes stuff. Um, I'd like to move that to our Q&A because we've actually had a few questions come in that relate to that. Okay. Um, and so I think if we move that that section of it, we'll be able to come back more to the the concept and spend probably time that's more justified in that. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm thinking through editing this thing and there's nothing I want to take out. I think <laughs> everything was good. So I don't I don't really want to to try to rush it or to create an hour and a half long podcast. No, that makes sense. Well, well and and shout out to next week we're going to be talking about prayer again next week and a little bit more of a positive note yeah um or or less of a question about like is it yeah well well it's a little more of a heavy hitter you got to really think about this one yeah mm-hmm. you know it's not just a feel good oh, i'm learning something this is also like a well now i have to struggle with this yeah <laughs> thanks a lot yeah. guys <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i agree i think that'd be good to get the time too and we'll we'll talk about prayer next week and then we can yeah. Are, do we have any final things that need to be said, though? Is there anything that... Can I say one thing yeah. about this psalm? Oh, I think yes. it's important just to remember also that it doesn't say, blessed will I be whenever I dash their children upon the yes. rocks. That, again, it's a reminder that, that they are not going to take personal vengeance. Like it says in Romans, which is a quote of the Old Testament, the Lord says, vengeance is mine. A gen- a yeah. Vengeance is for the Lord to do, not for us to do. Yeah. And there are times we'll see in Judges and Joshua where he asked them to do really big, crazy, 
war things as they're taking over the land. But when we're reading these imprecatory psalms, they're not saying, I'm going to go and do this. They're asking for the Lord to, um, in his perfection and in in his wisdom, to um, pour out his wrath and his judgment. And it is not a personal vendetta against these people. Thank you for saying that. That was one of the things I wanted to mention and is an important thing to see here. Good. Yeah. So do you have any final thoughts on that too, Regent? Or do you think that that wraps it up pretty good for today? I think that wraps it up pretty good. Um, I would just encourage you if you come across these to just take the time. If you know, reach out to one of us leaders, I can guarantee you if you come to me with one of these imprecatory Psalms, I'm probably not going to have an answer for you, but I will gladly work through it with you. Um, and we can always share the that. resources that we use whenever we're yeah. looking into these things. I think, yeah. And I also, I think we're going to, I want to do a podcast soon and maybe it'd be good at the start of the new season to, since we're not experts, right? Oh, Caveat yeah. to talk about the resources we use when, when talking about these things from experts, from, from experts, experts <laughs> yeah. people that have actually studied like us. this with their lives. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think that, I think we can include that there too. In the That'd next, be great. you know, and within the month or two, be able to have a whole podcast dedicated to the resources you can use when trying to understand these things um, and the ones that we use when trying to understand them. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Um, a bit longer of a podcast, but I think it it's required with the type of topic that we're talking about. Um, we just want to let you guys know, praying for you, especially as we're about to start this new school year coming up. And we're about to start a new season of ministry. Um, we love seeing you at our events. Let's stay connected. Feel free to be reaching out, especially with questions coming up for that Q&A in just a couple weeks. Uh, I've gotten some really great questions. And now we know we're going to talk a little bit more about um, some of the tensions that are found in the Psalms as well. Uh, like I said, that'll do it. Just know that we can't wait to see you soon. And you are loved.